Welcome back to today's special episode of Work Life Harmonize in honor of Pride Month, LGBTQ, all of our friends of all colors and places in life. We're here for you. We want to hear from you. And today's guest is going to really help illustrate what it's like to be on the journey. We are huge believers in all things support and allyship. And today's guest is a really important person that I got to know a little bit over uh, time in a working scenario. Her name is Dr. Dana Pazuti. She is with Frenetics as their chief development officer coming us today out of the beautiful location of San Diego. Welcome to the show. Dana. Thanks so much, Dana. It's a pleasure. <laughs> How often do we get to be with the other Dana? Yes. <laughs> We're lucky to have that name. Right. <laughs> we share a lot. So in today's show, as you know, and again, thank you for spending your precious time with us. We want to talk to our listeners about what the journey is like in terms of allyship and equity and inclusion. And in particular, as you talk about in your book, which we're going to put this in the show notes, listeners, please check out her book, Transitioning in the Workplace. It's actually a guidebook. It came out in 2018 about her own experience transitioning in a major U.S. corporation uh, preparing transgender people and humans with everything they need to know to successfully transition in the workplace. So in in having really what was known at the time you published this book, a first ever guide of its kind, you really were helping HR professionals and leaders in workplaces to understand what it's like to support human beings going through this transition. Talk to us a little bit about the book and how you decided to share that part of your own life journey. Well, sure. Uh, thanks. And um, I think that the the book was a project for me. Um, part of it was because when I embarked on my transition, uh, I really had no idea about the full you know, spectrum of you know, the complexity that I was uh, undertaking. I never doubted that it was the right thing for me to do. And I had a great support system. But um, there wasn't any, you know, systematic way to get yourself prepared for all the different uh, aspects of a transition. Um, And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, one of the, you know, real important things that I learned was that everybody's transition is different. Right. And the more you talk to people, they have different, you know, experiences and frustrations and successes. Um, but what I tried to do in the beginning part of the book is to just collect all the different aspects of the transition that you need to think about. And among the most important ones are, you know, just your own psychological preparedness and willingness to undertake it. Um, and then you know, you need to talk about sort of what the situation is with your, you know, family, right? What's the situation with your job and whether or not they would be supportive or not? What's your medical situation um, in terms of your ability to, you know, undergo some of the uh, the medical aspects of transition or surgeries? 
what are the legal uh, sort of realities in the place that you live, right? And then what are your financial resources? Because in many ways, the uh, the different parts of a transition have very uh, severe financial implications depending on your situation in life and what your insurance um, you know categories are. So um, I think that you can run into different challenges in one or more of those aspects. And I thought it was helpful to at least just lay out for anybody thinking about this, uh, what you're going to have to deal with. And so, um, and sometimes things are, you know, easier than you think. And then other times there's something that completely blindsides you and that you don't expect. Did that so, happen to you? If you don't mind me jumping in, Did, were you blindsided along your own journey and it, it caused you to write about it so others could learn how to best help themselves? Did that happen to you? Well, I think I talked to a lot of different people and heard from them what their different realities were. I think one of the hardest parts for me was with my family. Um, and on the one hand, this revelation that you have that you're trans and um, certain, you know, people come to that revelation earlier than others, right? And if you are young, and you realize this, and you have the um, support and wherewithal to act on it, there's a certain set of issues, but your life is still ahead of you, right? For those of us that were, let's just say more mature, when we realized that this was something that we needed to do and didn't quite understand why, in my case, for most of my life, I knew something was different, but wasn't sure there was anything I could really do about it. But then once I decided that this was what I had to do to be my authentic self, I um, you know, was able to sort of lay out these different issues. But in terms of some of the surprises, one was um, I wanted to be straight with my family. I had uh, kids, one was in college, one was a little bit uh, uh, younger and finishing up high school. And then I had already been separated from my partner at the time. And the um, the, the kids reacted a little bit differently. One was a little bit more open and, you know, uh, supportive. And the other one was not ready to accept, you know, the, the change. And I think, you know, for me, you know, I was their father, right, before, and sure. now I wasn't anymore. Yeah. And so um, I think the kind of uh, the depth of that really sort of surprised me, right? Yeah. Now, I've, I've known other people, though, who have, you know, very severe, I mean, I'm still in touch with my kids, and, and we have, you know, a, a relationship based on the true reality, but um, others have had very negative, you know, situations with families, with uh, spouses, and, you know, kids being forbidden to see that, to see them, and uh, essentially almost like restraining orders against them. Um, so 
and that can be extremely uh, distressing, you know, for for trans people. Yeah. Um, I think as I've talked to other people, um, some um, had better experiences than others in the workplace. And what I didn't have any idea on how to do was how do I start this whole process? And how do I, who do I tell? And when do I tell them? What do I say to these you know, coworkers? And I was a pretty senior person in a very large company. And um, I had 500 people working for me globally. And what I decided to do was try to be as personal as I could because it's a personal situation. It's not a business issue, right? That this kind of thing happens all the time. And it was, I think, a personal decision. However, what I wanted to tell all my people was that I'm really excited that I came to this revelation. I wanted to be extremely positive about it and to say that I respect them as coworkers or you know, parts of my team, and that I know that they're going to do the right thing. I know that it's kind of, uh, um, you know, an, an interesting issue for you to face, but that I I respect you and I know that you will deal with it, you know, with the utmost professionalism. Um, and if you have any questions or feeling uncomfortable, you can talk to HR or you can talk to me personally. And don't worry if you misgender me at the beginning or, you know, uh, have any other questions about what's going on. And I would have to say that, uh, you know, vast majority of people on the different teams really uh, appreciated the personal touch. And I wanted it to be personal because it's a real personal thing for me. It was my decision. And I'm asking them to sort of adjust how they view their you know, management um, in order to, uh, you know, sort of uh, accommodate what my change was. Um, And so, um, therefore, I felt that I owed them that honesty and direct uh, contact. Um, So that, you know, worked out very well. Um, The language is so important. I want to just reiterate what you said about the languaging you chose to use the personal approach you chose to take. And it's such a great leadership lesson for our listeners. Leadership comes from leading by example. And, you know, people follow what you do, not what you say. And when you show them humanity and you show them professionalism and you expect them to, quote unquote, do the right thing, and then they do, it's, it's such a great way to lay the foundational path And, you know, having come from, you know, this from working with me a little bit as a coach, Mm -hmm. I spent 30 years running staffing organizations next to or leading HR organizations and hired, fired, trained, mentored thousands of people, literally. So what I know about HR in particular in the workplace is that they're not always equipped to be good path layers or coaches in this type of scenario. What did you find in terms of your experience with HR? How can they get more educated when someone is 
going through something such as a transition. It's a, it's a huge deal. It's a, like you said, multifaceted it affects your entire life. Right. Sure. Well, I would have to say, and you can read about it in the book, that my initial contact with HR was not the most positive, but I hadn't decided to sort of uh, come out yet at work. And I had been sort of uh, um, making some changes in my appearance, got my ears pierced, and, you know, uh, was using clear nail polish. And HR came to me and said, you know, your change in appearance is not acceptable for a male executive in this company. And that if you want to be authentic, maybe this isn't the right place for you. Now, this was 2015, so eight years ago, but it was in you know, a major company in the Bay yeah. Area that yeah. was catering to therapies for HIV patients, right? And so that, Oof. I guess, completely blindsided me. And I had yeah. to make a very quick decision about what I was going to do. I knew that I had to come out because basically they were saying either get back in the closet and don't say anything or consider leaving. So fortunately, I consulted an attorney and what he told me was, if you decide you want to go forward, then just write a letter and you declare it. And so I did, right? And I said, I yeah. I if there are any questions about my parents, I want to inform you that I have realized that I'm trans, I intend to transition at work, and I expect the company and my people to behave professionally, and I know they can handle it. Right? And so that started, and then all of a sudden, things changed from an HR perspective, because then they said I was a member of a protected class. So, but they kind of had to back into it, right? They didn't seem to welcome just the, you know, sort of uh, diversity of appearance that you, they hopefully do today. That's right. not even that long ago. That's eight years. Yeah. It's pretty sobering, right. Dr. Yeah. Dana, honestly. Like, that's not that long ago. And here we are in the month of June. This right. episode is airing in the month of June in honor of Pride right. and our allyship. So, okay, so you get through that, and wow, three years later, you write the book. Now the timeline's right. making more sense. Right. Okay, right. and are others starting to maybe learn from your experience? You're also a physician that can't be right. understated. So you really have this amazing vantage point. True. And um, I think that uh, uh, that helps me appreciate particularly the medical aspects of the transition and the challenges that uh, uh, people face when they decide that that makes, you know, that that's important for them to undergo. And the uh, direction of the transition is quite uh, uh, important in terms of people appreciating the the true extent of potential complications and things like that. But um, but as I look back, I absolutely don't regret one second 
that I made this decision. It was who I really am. And, um, and to your point in terms of showing your, you know, true self, that is probably what makes the most difference to me is that I can sort of show people who I am. And if they, you know, are aware that I'm trans, that's great. And I try to be the best person I can be, regardless of whether I'm trans or not. And that's probably the most important thing is to show people that trans people are just like everyone else, right? We just had, you know, some, you know, challenges with the way we were born, right? But um, I think that uh, um, once you realize it and you feel comfortable about it, um, people will respect you. Um, and so many other things, though, I learned and um, clearly did not appreciate before I transitioned was um, around the intersectionality between the LGBT community and issues of racial and gender discrimination. Um, one of the things that's talked about a lot in the community, particularly in the trans community, is about privilege, right? And so, of course, there's the gender privilege, right? The, the male privilege, right? Which we still see so much of today. And yeah. as a person like myself, I willingly you know, gave that up, that privilege to be um, who I really was. Um, and then there's the privilege of we call it passing privilege of people to not be identified, you know, sort of visibly as trans. Um, and people feel that that's important because you face less discrimination and harassment. Um, and then, of course, there's racial, you know, privilege too. Yes. And, and part of my uh, sort of uh, evolution, even as a, as a person, but as an ally, was realizing the sort of extent of all the different types of discrimination, you know, and understanding that um, we need to all stick together and, and really uh, try to be good allies and stick up for people when they're not being, you know, treated appropriately. And so many things have happened since the book came out that have been you know, extremely important in terms of understanding the these different dimensions of privilege. I mean, of course, there was the Me Too movement, which really got going at the end of 2017, but after I had pretty much written most of the book. And then, of course, there were some significant important events in 2020, right, with the George Floyd situation and Black Lives Matter really coming to a head. And then the Supreme Court ruling outlawing discrimination against the LGBT community, which was incredibly reassuring yeah. for yeah. those of us in the community. But then um, subsequent to that, though, and particularly the last year or so, is the attack on trans people and trans kids in many states in the U.S. And this is the kind of thing that's been brewing for some time. Um, and the thing that's so distressing about it was that beginning in uh, 2017 or 18 with the previous administration, people 
saw that it's okay to single out trans people, like with the military ban that was like, you know, sort of announced without any real notice or discussion and was devastating to so many people in the military who were trans and were doing incredible jobs. Yes. Right? Yes. Risking their yeah. lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and but then now there's not only discrimination against trans kids and the, uh, you know, medical care for these kids, but it's, it's actually uh, expanding into discrimination and prevention of uh, adult trans people getting you know, medications and things like that. So, so I think that now it's ever more important for us to stay together and to educate people about the realities of, you know, trans people that we're not, you know, um, different. We're not really different from, uh, you know, sort of a, a cis person just because we had to make a change. Um, but we try to be our best selves and do good work and set good examples and uh, be productive for, you know, the, the world. So. And in honor of embracing what you're sharing and in being an advocate for people on this show who are here to do their best, here to share their wisdom and brave enough to tell their own story, which is what keeps me doing this podcast. I just am always so blown away by people who are so brave to just come out and, and tell your story and go through your journey and pave the way for someone else. Cause someone's going to be listening to this Dana and they're going to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to read the book. I'm going to make a shift. Maybe it's for themselves. Maybe it's for a loved one. Maybe they are the HR leader at work and they're going to make somebody's life better and easier and recognize what really counts well doing your best being professional all the examples you gave yeah can't we embrace each other i mean especially in honor of this month could we just embrace each other well and it's sort of having respect for each other regardless of whether they're different or not um i think but what i hope the value of the book is for i mean whoever decides that they need to make this change, um, it's probably not going to be absolutely beautiful in every respect. But the way I looked at it was that it's so important just to know what you might be facing. And there are things you can do differently that um, may make it more likely that you don't run into problems, right? And just understanding what you're looking at is uh, is really crucial. Um, and being sensitive to mm. to folks. Yeah, and, be sensitive, be kind, have grace. Right. Yeah. So if there was something, this is a, a typical question I ask on the show, I want to make sure it's appropriate. If you knew then what you know now, is there something you would have done differently? Um, well, I, well, one thing was that I was so worried about how, um, other people might feel that it could paralyze you 
right? In terms of not wanting to say anything or do anything. And there was just a lot of anxiety working up to the point in which I announced that I was going to transition. And one of the things, though, that I was told by people that are specialists in it from HR consulting groups was that, particularly in here in California, that don't worry, right? If you treat people with respect and engage them and tell them honestly, you know, what you're trying to do and why, they'll support you, right? And don't worry so much about the negative. Um, and so what he was saying to me was that just go about it in a straightforward and honest way, and people will respect that. Um, and he was right when when he told me that. And I really had so much uh, positive support, you know, from the people that worked for me. I think that um, I had a bit of a complex personal situation with my kids. I might have, on the one hand, I was told, well, you don't want to tell them too soon because, you know, you need to make sure and maybe be a little farther along. But then if you wait too long, they'll say, why did you keep this from me? And it seems as though sometimes you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Right? Yes, yes. My overriding um, sort of perspective was to try to be as honest as possible. And if there was a real reason not to be uh, disclose something, then I would consider it. But my default was more to just be honest and, and say what you intend to do and why. Um, and, you know, usually that's, you know, the right thing to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. And for anyone listening who is struggling with these types of scenarios themselves with a loved one or with someone who is a colleague at work, we will include, as always in the show notes, the best possible places to reach out to for help, education, and we will include where to find Dr. Dana Zudi's right. book, Transitioning in the Workplace, the guidebook. We always wrap the show with something you'd like to share, a quote or a couple of quotes. I, I'm pretty sure you said you actually prepared something. So back over to it's you. True. You've imparted a lot yeah. of wisdom and heartfelt knowledge. So we'd love to hear what you wanted to share today. Well, right. And just one more point Please. in terms of um, in the workplace, one of the things that is pretty challenging, and I had to deal with it in the company where I transitioned was discrimination and how to identify it. And sometimes you're um, so sensitive about disrupting other people's lives that you don't realize about the types of discrimination you can experience. And sometimes it's overt and, um, you know, in unmistakable, right, in terms of, you know, direct harassment. But most of the time it's not, right? And it's indirect and subtle. And you have to be aware of that. Um, but, uh, you know, I have a lot of uh, 
examples in the book of different things to look out for, but you can't um, let it go, right? You need to decide that you need to do something about it and talk to somebody, uh, try to find allies and try to be an ally, right? Which is the most important Uh thing. And that applies to other types of harassment or discrimination, regardless of your you know, uh, membership in the LGBT group. Absolutely. No one deserves to live in a hostile yeah. workplace. Right. And right. It, it doesn't go away just to let everyone right. know thousands and thousands of people in the hiring realm. I will tell you, it doesn't just go away. Right. So you're right. Find help, get support and right. put yourself equal to how you're putting others first. Make sure you're right, right up there. Tie yourself for first because right. <laughs> if you don't take care of you, I'm right. not convinced others will. You really sure. have to value yourself. So I'm really so, glad you brought that up. It's yeah. very important. But then you asked me kind of like words to live by, sort of like, or two quotes, right? One that I had uh, been aware of since I was in college that I see is so important you know, to this day was actually a quote from Ambrose Bierce, uh, where he had definitions for words in a in a book he called the Devil's Dictionary, which was more because it was just very cynical. But what the, he described as the definition of education is that which discloses to the wise and disguises from the foolish their lack of understanding, right? So what that meant to me was the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know, right? And so to the extent you can, please keep learning, keep reading, keep meeting with people, right? So that you can um, realize how um, you know challenging things are, right? Um, and you can help solve some of these other big problems. And the last thing that... <laughs> was uh, given to me actually by my wife was a quote from Leonardo da Vinci that said, it had long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things, right? And so to me, what that means is don't sit back, be the best person you can be and go out and continue to contribute, right? And even in a small way, right, don't let your situation paralyze you. Just go out and, you know, be who you can be and contribute what you can can contribute. Oh, what a great partner you have. Yeah, Yeah, she's wonderful. She might need to talk to my husband. I could use a quote like that. (laughs) That's so great. Okay. So we don't always use video clips for the podcast. With your permission, it would be cool to show your rock and red nails, not clear nail polish. So way to go. It's nice to see color. I have to tell you, it really is. We're so grateful you really did contribute today. And we will include all the ways to connect and find you and share your, your book and Wow, let's just keep these conversations going. Work-life harmonizers, have these ongoing conversations with loved ones, people at work, people out in your community. It might be a neighbor. I don't know. It could be somebody at your church. Wherever you spend your time outside of work is equally as important as to all the time you do spend in the workplace. 
So we're honored. We're grateful. And uh, as always, please, please, please stay in touch on your journey. We're thrilled for your ongoing success. And it was great of you to make time for us and our listeners. Well, thank you so much. And uh, also, I'm always willing to you know, help others too and speak to their companies or, you know, other people that they think, you know, would benefit from uh, learning about uh, this, you know, sort of uh, reality. Where would they find you to have that dialogue? That's great. Um, I think that um, I can provide sort of, you know, uh, the uh, contact information to you. Great. Great. We we'll include it in the that. show notes. Yeah. Okay. That's Great. excellent. What a beautiful okay. offer. So until okay. next time, we always sign the show off by saying, and until we meet again, Hawaii style, <laughs> a hui ho. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.